Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Joe Galina, joined uh, as uh, always. Uh, this past summer, we had a great uh, summer. Getting you ready for the uh, fantasy football season. George Kurtz. George, how you doing? Good afternoon, Mr. Galena. Doing well. Doing just, just 24 hours now from Football Sunday. Right? 24 That's hours right. we got. That's right. That's right. We're live. And we're here to help you get ready for uh, the first Sunday of the NFL season 2018. Uh, got off to a start on Thursday night with the defending Super Bowl champs, Eagles, taking on the Falcons. And uh, a sloppy game, right? The Eagles ended up winning 18-12. Uh, to 12. Uh, But uh, some news coming out of that game, obviously. Uh, big news, uh, Carson Wentz. We had kind of expected that he might be ready for week one. Now we're hearing he might not be ready until October. Yeah, sort of the uh, worst-case scenario there, where he's not going to be ready for a while. Uh, it's not like Nick Foles is putting anybody's uh, – resting anyone's mind, shall we say, but they won the game. So yeah. it gives them uh, more of a cushion. Their schedule the next couple of weeks is cake. I, well, I shouldn't say cake, but it's uh, not difficult. I mean, they play the Buccaneers and the Browns. So they can easily give them two more weeks without much of mm-hmm. a problem whatsoever. Uh, I, I think the Browns are a much, much improved team. I do. Yes, that I being agree said, with uh, I'm not so sure I'm going to say uh, they're ready to compete with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So I think that's their, their plan now is, you know, we can, we can give them two more weeks. And really it's three weeks when you think about it. You know, so if, they, if they're not sure about it, if they want to take it easy, if they want to be extremely safe, which it seems like they do want to be. You know, so he's already playing that game again. Okay, when's the week that he can return? Right. You know, uh, when's it going to be? And uh, listen, I was curious, anybody else, uh, I don't own Wentz in any league, but it still affects other players. Is it September 30th at Tennessee? And there's really no break here when you think about it. Tennessee's a really good defense. On the road, it's not an easy game. If they wait till the first week in October, that's Minnesota coming to town. Maybe the best defense in football. Certainly Mm -hmm. one of them. You know, not exactly a, a soft landing spot there either. If you wait till after that, you're at the Giants. You know, uh, better landings, but we're still on the road. Divisional game, Carolina at Jacksonville. Uh, what I'm trying to say is the schedule is there is no really soft, soft spot here. He'll play whenever they deem he's ready. Mm-hmm. Well, I own uh, Wentz in one league, and usually in a 12-teamer, uh, I might even just, you know, make do with one quarterback. But because uh, I had Wentz, I uh, drafted uh, Philip Rivers as well, so I'm really thankful for that. But uh, Nick Foles showing uh, what, what he is. I mean, he's pretty inconsistent, but, you know, he could get the job done. Um, you know, basically what's going to keep the Eagles season going is going to be their defense and their running game. But uh, in terms of their running game when it comes to season-long fantasy value, I mean, uh, Jay Jai, uh came out that he, he only uh, played 39% of snaps, uh, but he did reward uh, his fantasy owners with two touchdowns, was 15 for 62 on the ground. Um, just, what's the more important headline out of that? George, the fact that he only played 39% of the snaps or the fact that he still found the way to find the end zone twice? Well, of course you're happy about that, right? Uh, you know, touchdowns are like wins in uh, baseball. They can be a little uh, little flaky at times, right? And wins in baseball, you can pitch lousy, but your team outscored the other, uh, the other team, you got to win. And you lasted five innings. In football, you didn't play all that much, but you played at the right time. 
And he's got a couple of scores there. Uh, and we heard uh, you know, Peterson say that he'll probably give uh, Jai more carries, so more work, up, up to 39%. You're certainly, at the very least, happy that he's the goal line guy, right? Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. does seem to be the goal line guy, so that's good news. Listen, I, th- I think, uh, in all in all, it was week one. You know, even the offensive coordinator is still breaking things in. You know, getting used to things as well here. So, Ajayi was a low-end running back, too. I don't think anything's changed. Hmm. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey, a wide receiver for the Eagles, still uh, a few weeks away. Uh, and that affects uh, Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar, who uh, really came into his own last year playing out of the slot. Uh, only played 56% of his snaps from the slot. In this game, last season, it was over 80%. So, uh, for Aguilar's owner's sake, uh, Jeffrey needs to get back uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, but from the Falcon side, uh, and then I want to move forward and look at the games that are coming up uh, on Sunday, uh, analyze them for our uh, listeners. But, uh, you know, Falcons taking a lot of grief for uh, still not getting the job done uh, in the red zone. I mean, uh, you know, not having uh, Julio Jones, who went off, right? Uh, fifth straight game of at least 100 receiving yards against the Eagles. Uh, that includes a, a playoff game. But uh, in their first trip into the red zone, Falcons didn't have Julio Jones on the field. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jones had plenty of chances. They targeted him plenty in the red zone, especially in the second half. So I'm not all that worried about that. Uh, it's not all Sarkeesian's fault, by the way. I mean, yes, his play calling has... Uh, as a little bit, maybe a lot to be desired, but let's not forget. All right, on the first draw, first drive, if Matt Ryan throws a better pass, Devonta Freeman scores, and he was open in the end zone. Frame uh, wall just wasn't there. You know, stone behind him, and it was uh, knocked away by the defender. On the, I think it was it might have been the last drive or the second to last drive when they were in the red zone. Mohamed Sanu was wide open in the end zone, wide open. Ryan mm-hmm. never looked at him, never saw him. That's on Matt Ryan. That's not on Sarkeesian. Both those plays should have been touchdowns. So like I said, you can't blame Sarkeesian for everything. Uh, but that being said, it's this was almost a carbon copy of last year's game. Right. Atlanta outplayed them, probably deserved to win the game. But, you know, the Eagles held tough. Held tough in the red zone. It's a lot of the way, the way today's football is. Teams have no problem moving the ball between the 20s. It's getting in the end zone. That's tough. That last 20 yards is tough. The, the, the field shrinks. Mm-hmm. You know, Divas doesn't have as much room to cover. And the field, Philadelphia Eagles are very good at covering that that small amount of field. And the Falcons were, just weren't able to punch it in. They this is, this is why it's so important to be able to run the ball in the red zone. And last night, with the exception of the, not last night, Thursday night, with the exception of one run, the Falcons weren't able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you just mentioned uh, Matty Ryan. Uh, to me... He didn't look like he had that uh, that zip on the ball, right? A little uh, lack of uh, arm strength. I mean, either his balls were sailing over his receivers' heads or they were uh, at, at their knees. I mean, uh, you know, I guess you got to give a little credit to that Eagles defense. Um, but uh, Matty Ryan looked a little disappointing. Yeah, uh, we discussed this this morning. There was definitely something up with his arm strength. It wasn't there. And it was uh, it was strange because you saw him, especially on the, the deep outs or with throws across the field, his ball was lagging. You know, he didn't have that, that strength. Now, quarterbacks, just like pitchers in baseball, can go through a dead-arm period. And you, you wonder if that's what's going on here. You know, a lot of throws in camp, and now he's got he's to fight through it. It's unusual for it to happen in week one, but that did cross my mind. Maybe he's going through a dead-arm and the zip wasn't there. I don't know if it necessarily affected anything during the game. But it, it was definitely noticeable that he didn't look like he didn't look like Matt Ryan as if he, his mm-hmm. uh, his fastball just wasn't there, you know. So the, yes, I think that was very uh, very easy to see. And yeah, maybe he didn't get enough throws in in the preseason. I mean, the, this preseason, I mean, a, a lot of star players were just uh, kept out of game uh, situations. So uh, we'll see, I guess, as, as time goes on, if that affects anyone. But uh, Matt Ryan is a professional. I'm sure he'll be better. But uh, one other quick note out of this game, Devonta Freeman uh, had a knee injury. But according to uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, uh, says it's nothing major. But uh, he has those extra couple of days to get ready. He should be ready for the uh, home opener in week two but uh, before we get started uh, breaking down games and and, uh, we're going to be breaking down uh, Sunday's games for you uh, from a season-long perspective from uh, throwing some DFS as well into that and hey you know uh, New York metropolitan area we could 
uh, we could place a bet today. Uh, you know, that, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, maybe uh, some uh, knockout pool action as well. We'll try to cover uh, as much for you as possible and, and get you what you need. But uh, I need help from from George already. I have a a lineup dilemma, George. Maybe you could g- give me a, a hand on this. Uh, one of my teams, uh, my only quarterback. You know, I went quarterback real late and. and I waited a little bit too long because there was a run, and I had to uh, pick up Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, he goes up against Minnesota this week. You know, if I have to, I'll start him, but obviously Minnesota, one of the top defenses in football. So uh, I'm thinking about uh, making a move. And uh, two quarterbacks I'm thinking of, and I know you're going to hate one, but uh, (laughs) two quarterbacks I'm thinking of are Andy Dalton, uh, who has a nice matchup, against the Colts, right? And uh, Case Keenum, who goes up against the uh, Seahawks. So first of all, uh, I'm going to hold on to Garoppolo, but uh, basically I'm looking to stream a quarterback. Any of those two quarterbacks interest you at all? I know you're not a big Andy Dalton fan. We talked about this on the morning show for about quarterbacks that, uh, to go in specifically for Garoppolo. Garoppolo mm-hmm. has a horrendous matchup. Right, he's at Minnesota. It's in Minnesota. Uh, like as I said earlier, if not the best defense in the NFL, or top three, top five, at the very worst. But they're damn good, especially when they're in that dome. That's not going to be any fun for San Fran. And we also specifically mentioned Andy Dalton as a low-owned quarterback who's available. Dalton, Flacco, uh, both guys I would start above Garoppolo this week fairly easily uh, because they might say it's, uh, it's, it's a good thing to do so. Dalton is, is a better choice than Flacco. Uh, in leagues where they where your team's only took one quarterback, Jared Goff may be out there. Now, if Goff's out there, he's an easy start. As I said, this mm-hmm. has been a league where only one quarterback was taken by a majority of teams, as Garoppolo is a top 14 quarterback, so he just missed the top 12. But I can think about starting either one of those two also over Ben Roethlisberger. And what's expected to be a nightmare weather situation tomorrow in, yeah, uh, yeah. in Cleveland. What, an inch, inch and a half of rain, winds above 20 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, generally, I don't worry about wind unless it's above 18 miles an hour. This one they're calling about 25, 30 miles an hour. But mm-hmm. rain of an inch, inch and a half, that's a hell of a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. You know, so it may be very difficult throwing the ball tomorrow. I would have to consider Dalton or Flacco over Ben as well if Ben is your only quarterback. Gotcha. And uh, my options of uh, guys to to drop if I uh, make this move, um, either – I'm thinking Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers, James Washington, receiver for the Steelers, or uh, Nick Chubb. And on this team, I also have uh, Carlos Hyde. So uh, of those three, who do you think is the uh, safest drop? Oh, safest drop. Boy, uh, I mean, I, I like James Washington. I do. But he was pretty much your last-round pick anyway. You mm-hmm. know, shot in the dark here. You got to do what you got to do. It's unfortunate. I don't want to drop Chubb. I don't want to drop a running back. And Mike Williams, is, I think he's more valuable than James Washington. I think Washington will make his mark on the season at some point, but he's the guy out of that trio you mentioned that I would let go. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, if it doesn't work out, I'm coming after you next week. So thank you, George. That's okay. you like my family. When in doubt, blame me. <laughs> right. Obviously, you're married, right? That's why. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's start breaking down these games uh, for this week, right? We got. Uh, let's start off with the uh, Jaguars at the Giants. Jaguars, I have them as a three-point favorite over under forty-two and a half. It's going to be some weather uh, in the uh, New York area, not as bad as what you described in Pittsburgh. Uh, that, I believe it's going to be some light rain, but uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Jaguars basically uh, a game away from uh, making the Super Bowl last year. Uh, real good defense on their part. Uh, a little drama, you know, a couple weeks ago and uh, with Jalen Ramsey calling out Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell says, hey, you know, uh, you know, I'm not falling for this stuff. I mean, basically he's uh, – I'm paraphrasing, but there's not going to be another – according to him, not another uh, Josh Norman type of meltdown like he had uh, in the past. But uh, – uh, these two teams haven't played each other since 2014. The lifetime, they're three and three. Uh, Giants, you know, their offense hasn't been that great over the past uh, few years. They averaged less than 16 points per game in 2017. We all know the problems that they had last year. Uh, their offensive line still suspect, but a little bit better. 
um, new head coach and Pat Schumer. And uh, remember Schumer, right? He's the one that uh, coached Nick Foles when he had his breakout season, right? And uh, also uh, coached over Case Keenum in his breakout. So what are we thinking about this game? I mean, it's it's an uh, interesting game, uh, mainly because of the Giants, no Olivier Vernon. So Bortles may right. be able to sit back there, order a pizza and espresso, and have all day to throw. That being said, doesn't have the greatest of outside weapons. You know, so uh, it's it's if Vernon was going to miss a game and only one, this might be the one you want because it. I don't I don't know if the Jaguars or even next week the Cowboys when they play if you can't play that game either if either team has the weapons to take advantage of it. So that's a. You know, I said if you're going to pick a, a games to miss these two next two weeks, it won't kill them as you don't need a pass rush. Neither team is big on throwing the ball anyway. They're both going to run the same game plan. Run, run, run. Uh, that being said, the Giants' defensive line is eh, iffy. Their linebacking core is better. Secondary really was never that bad. It just it was volatile last year and it blew up. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think Janoris Jenkins should play better this season? You would hope anyway. So I'm not as worried One about minute. that. That being said, the Giants. I think the whole the whole key to this game is will Eli, Eli Manning feel the rush? How does that offensive line play? If he's feeling the rush, if he's seeing it even before it's there, then that offense is going to have trouble moving. I think Jalen Ramsey pretty much does shut down Odell Beckham. He, he's talked the talk all, you know, all offseason. Talked all the shit about everybody. Everybody pretty much just, everybody's terrible. Everybody sucks, except him pretty much. Okay, now let's put up a shut-up time. And I think he'll put up, so I think he'll be fine. So I think Odell uh, gets shut down, and maybe the offense as a whole may have trouble moving. I think it's a low-scoring game. I'll give it to the Jaguars, something like 17-14. All right, when we come back, we'll continue breaking down games. Week one in the NFL. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive edge fantasy package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive edge fantasy package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive edge fantasy football package promo code FNTSY. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update week one in the NFL. Little Van Halen taking us back. Hot for teacher. How's it going, George Kurtz? You rocking? One of my favorite videos, man. Why wouldn't it be? (laughs) Yeah, I guess for obvious reasons. I'm, I'm a VH guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I always enjoyed Van Halen. I, uh, I don't know. They probably barely would miss my top five. You know, but uh, uh, when I say VH, more with uh, more with Lee Roth than Van Hagar. But uh, I like mm-hmm. like Sammy Hagar as well when he was the lead singer for the band. But uh, yeah, I think I'd probably go The Who, Floyd, Zeppelin, Queen, Genesis above them. But uh, they're right outside that. Love, love the band. I actually seen them in concert a few times. Wish, wish they wouldn't have broken up so long with David Lee Roth. The last time I saw them, they don't sound the same. You know, right, Eddie's missing some of his chords every now and then, but still a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, I saw them a couple of years ago uh, at Madison Square Garden. It's not the same, you know. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, David Lee Roth has that short hair and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I love the band and love all the bands that you mentioned. And uh, just curious, since you know we came in to the segment talking about being hot for were you hot for teacher. Did you ever have a crush? Were you, were you ever hot for one of your teachers? You know, I don't know where, how this happens, man. All my teachers pretty much were, you know, forget about it. No, Nobody you wanted to ever be with, ever. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, so no. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I think my third grade teacher might have been, but I was too young mm-hmm. really to care back then. Right. You know, what was I, six, seven? Uh, what are you, oh, I guess eight maybe? So mm-hmm. I, I think she might have been, now that I think about it, but nobody else is even remotely close. I can't remember any teacher in high school for anybody, not just me, for anybody mm-hmm. that anyone really thought was hot. So uh, no. Yeah, yeah. There, there was one uh, teacher in middle school. Uh, I don't know if I should say her name, but uh, uh, blonde, buxom, a beauty. And uh, there was a my English teacher in seventh grade. She wasn't too bad, but hey, you know. Uh, talking to, about 
previous fantasies. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> current fantasies. So uh, let's finish off with this Giants game. Uh, like we said, Giants are a home underdog by three and uh, 42 and a half over under in this game. And uh, going to have a little bit of weather going on. And, and you did a good job analyzing that in terms of uh, Leonard Fournette uh, having a, a higher ceiling in this game uh, due to uh, some injuries on the Giants defensive side. So uh, Giants, uh, you know, they've always been a slow starting team as far as I can remember, right? Uh, two and five against the spread in their last seven September games. This one, you know, it's like with my heart, <laughs> I say, hey, you know, new coach, Saquon Barkley, uh, revamped offense. Um, my heart tells me Giants could win this game, but my head is saying uh, it's going to be the Jaguars. But uh, from a betting perspective, I think I'd avoid it. A little too close for uh, comfort. The question is, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, is he playing? Tight end for the uh, Jags? The Giants can definitely win this game. This is not an easy mm-hmm. game for the Jags. Jags aren't going to play too many easy games. It's not. This is not their brand of football. Mm-hmm. They're going to play because uh, they play with defense. Generally, they're going to play close to the vest, make sure Bortles doesn't make any big mistakes. And as I said, the Giants, I'll say this again, they are not a 3-13 and team. All right? right? That was just weird last season. They're not. They're much better than that. Yeah, I'm not telling you, saying they're going to win the division or anything. They're not what well, the Eagles are, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're an 8-8, eight and 9-17, eight, just like the Cowboys, just like the uh, Redskins. They're no, the they're better than the Cowboys. Come on. Sure they are. Keep that they up. are. <laughs> when, you, when you get a pass rush, you come talk to me. You can't win in the NFL without a pass rush. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably for the Cowboys, you can't win without a passing game either. Mm-hmm. But uh, bottom line is this. I think it's, uh, I do think it's going to be a close game. I do. Right. Uh, but I think Barkley is going to find it, you know, not the best initiation for him tomorrow. It's going to be a rough uh, game, yeah, especially yeah. if it does rain here and they can't throw the ball. They don't want to throw mm-hmm. the ball as much because, let's face it, you got Odell Beckham being covered by Ramsey. And it's not like the other side of the boy is any easier. Okay, mm-hmm. AJ Boyer is a very good cornerback as well. So passing game may be a may be a worry. In some ways, this is not maybe the worst matchup for the Giants to start the season because the last thing you want is Eli getting into that rut again of throwing up his back foot, seeing the rush, feeling the rush, and not stepping into his throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, not not the best time, but it's it's also a good test. We'll see how much better this offensive line is. We think it's better. We're going to find out how much it is. There you go. And I mentioned Austin's Ferry Jenkins tight end for the Jags. He is going to play. And remember, the Giants uh, had a terrible time covering tight ends, uh, gave up the most touchdowns to the position uh, 13 last season. So uh, I don't know. Would you, would you take a chance on him uh, in a DFS you know, lineup? I wrote about ASJ yesterday, uh, specifically. Uh, a column I write on Fridays will be uh, backups you can start. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm looking at lower-owned lower players who you can throw in your lineup this week. We already mentioned one Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco. My tight end was indeed Austin Safarian Jenkins. He is going to play. So there was some worry, but he did he practice yesterday. He's going to play in the game. Giants, over the past, I don't know, five years, ten years, are horrific against covering tight ends. <laughs> they, just, they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if, they, if that's just not part of the defensive game plan. They don't care, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't do it. And out, their linebackers this year aren't any more athletic. Yeah, we're going to skip that part of our uh, workout. We don't need to cover tight ends. Yeah, they're going to um, <laughs> forget what I was saying now. But uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're they're good against the run, but not so good uh, covering the pass. So I think ASJ is a play, but who are you not? Who are you taking out of your lineup? Mm-hmm. He's not someone you really judge. I mean, what we were at George Kittle against Minnesota, so he starts above Kittle. I can sort of buy that. But I'm, I'm wondering here, is what tight end don't you like? On Joku, maybe, once again, take him out because of the weather. You're worried about it. So you want to get rid of him? Oh, okay. You can sort of go with that, too. But I don't see another tight end. I mean, hey, maybe it's all Evan Ingram. Because, once again, Jaguars, he's coming off a concussion. You know, he just mm. got cleared earlier this week. I guess I can, I can understand that as well. So I do think ASJ is in play. Not so much because I love him. He's a solid tight end. But because the Giants, like I said, the past three, four, five, ten years just don't cover tight ends very well. Yeah, I was thinking more of a DFS play for him. You know, maybe it'll allow you to put more chalk in your DFS lineup if you put it in an ASG. Jordan Reed's at 4000 on DraftKings. All mm-hmm. right. Until they get that price right, Jordan Reed's in my lineup. Mm-hmm. All right. That's fair, fair enough. Let's move on. Uh, Steelers at Browns. Uh, Steelers four-point favorite. The line had been uh, as high as six and a half. Over on this 46 and a half. And you mentioned uh, some pretty heavy rains forecasted. The winds, right? The winds are, are what worries you more than the rain. Uh, but uh, 
what time does uh, Le'Veon Bell have uh, to report? Well, what, what time does he have to be there in order to be uh, in order to get his uh, nine hundred thousand dollars paycheck? I believe it's four o'clock today. I believe oh, okay. I am nowhere near one hundred percent sure on that, mm. but I believe it's after uh, somewhere in the afternoon today. Uh, my mm-hmm. guess is uh, it doesn't matter anymore. He's not playing tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. You know, it's just if he wants to get paid. It matters for his but, pocket, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it only matters if he wants to get paid. The Le'Veon Bell situation is a uh, a difficult one, okay, because if he holds out, the, the latest he's going to ho- hold out for is Week 10. You know, by NFL rules, he has to play six weeks to get an accrued season to be a free agent next year. All right, now the Steelers can also, when he reports, put him on the exempt list for two weeks. And that would count against him playing. So he just needs to be there eight weeks. You know, so you do the math. You know, he's 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So if he was before week 10, that would be the eight weeks. 10, 11, he'd be on the exempt, and he plays weeks 12 through 17. That is the worst-case scenario for fantasy owners about when Bell – for fan, for Bell owners, really. That is the worst-case scenario for when he shows up. All right, now, that, that doesn't mean I think he's showing up then. I think he will report before then. But when – who the hell no? Nobody knows. We all thought he was showing up before week one. That this would just be a carbon copy of last year. He's making 855000 a game. So that's a big chunk of change he's losing. Now, yes, mm-hmm. the theory here is why he's holding out is if he holds out, yes, I, I lose that, that game, but my body won't be beat up as much. Right. And I'll make that back run him into year. the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. Oh, they definitely mm-hmm. are, Joe. And there's mm-hmm. no doubt they are because they don't care. They know he's gone right. next year. So his theory is, well, if they're going to run me into the ground, let him do it the last six games of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's, it won't matter. My body will still feel fresh, and I'll be good to go next year. And I'll make up all the money that I might have lost, you know, either with the uh, what I'm missing, missing game checks now. But in case I get hurt and I don't get as big a contract, I'll make it up. It's a, it's a risk because who's who to say he was going to get hurt? You know, no one to say that. So mm-hmm. you may be losing, you know, 855,000 times, whatever, eight games you're missing. Everybody can do the math there. That's, that's a lot. Of, that's a big chunk of change. You know, it's a six, seven million you're losing there. So it's uh, it's interesting. That being said, I hope you got James Conner. Yeah. I only I only had Bell in one league. And uh, I was nervous about Fab. I didn't know because he was a weird. It was earlier in the week. It was Wednesday. You know, so it was, all right, how much do I bid? Do I go bananas? Are people going to care? You know, because this was back Wednesday. We didn't, we didn't know if Bell was going to show up Thursday, Friday, just making a point of when he was going to be out for. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to go overboard. You know, I just wanted a bit enough to get him. I started out by just going about 5% of my budget. I upped it to 10. You know, I upped it to 10 because I wanted to make sure. I didn't think people would go higher than 10 for somebody who may, you may only get one game out of. And I got him for 10% of my budget. So I was thrilled mm-hmm. to do that. You know, some nice. leagues I saw where guys like Adrian Peterson were going for almost half your budget. Alfred Morris went for 100 percent above a, a budget in quite a few leagues. Scotty Fishball, I saw that happen. Yes, uh. including my division. You know, yeah, yeah. Anybody knows my Scotty Fishball team? I've been wrecked with injuries. Not that I can mm-hmm. complain. In the Rotowire League, whoever I'm playing week one, they had Le'Veon Bell, also had Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm certainly not in the worst-case scenario there. They lost their two starting running backs. And I don't think they got James Conner, by the way. They didn't win that, uh, that bid. So, uh, or Adrian Peterson or Alfred Morris uh, in that league. So I'm in good shape there in, for week one. But I'll let you know that uh, Conner was a, um, a hard bid of what you're going to bid on because back on Wednesday we didn't know for sure how long he'd be out for and was mm-hmm. he only going to be truly valuable for Bell owners. We just right. didn't know. So, uh, bottom line, like I said, I was I was thrilled to get him a ten percent of my budget. I I mean, gladly ten percent. I was worried that it was going to cost a quarter of my budget, or somebody may go ballistic who really thought he'd be out for the eight games. But it ended up being as I hoped it would be that people were only bidding on him, you know, assuming he'd be back after a week or two. They didn't want well, they didn't want to bid their budget for someone who's only going to uh, be valuable for a game or two. Yeah. Well, uh, luckily, not even luckily, it was by choice. I don't have any shares of Bell. I mean, I didn't predict that he was going to uh, not show up for, not potentially show up for week one. But I just didn't want the headache. And, and then you look at what happened last year when he did come back. Uh, first couple of games had a 3.22 yard per carry. From there on, he had a 4.13 yards per carry. But uh, let's say he does hold out uh, for a few games and whatnot. Then, you know, you have that, that couple of weeks where he's getting into game shape again. So it's just a headache that uh, I didn't want to you know, have, and uh, you and I kind of share, we're both kind of conservative uh, drafters, and uh, I just didn't want the headache. But uh, you mentioned uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, uh, possibly you know, benching him in favor of uh, the, 
Dalton and, and Flacco and whatnot. But, uh, you know, th- there's that home away issue, right? Uh, oh, uh, last season, 18 fantasy points per game in away games. And at home, it was basically 26 uh, fantasy points per game. So uh, the only thing with the, with this game now, in terms of the spread, like I said, it, it's kind of come down. It started at six and a half. Now it's at four. Uh, a lot of people love the Browns, the, the home underdog. I mean, look, they're, they're a better team uh, than they were a season ago. How much worse can you be than uh, 0-16? But uh, where do you see in this game? I mean, I think the Steelers are going to win this game. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if they're going to cover. That's that's the story. But uh, Big Ben loves beating this Browns team. <laughs> right? I mean, they passed them up. Uh, they could have drafted him back in 2004. And uh, I didn't know this till this week, but he grew up uh, a Cleveland uh, Browns fan. So the Browns passed up on a franchise quarterback. Shocking. They never do that. <laughs> they never do that at all. Uh, I'm going to go with Cleveland winning the game, first off. All right. Wow. I think Cleveland would. There's just so much going on with mm-hmm. this, the little dissension in the locker I know. About yeah. When have you ever seen what, what happened this week where his own teammates turned on him? You, you never see that. So with the dissension of a lot, locker with, uh, with Bell. Plus, uh, you know, it's on the road. It's in Cleveland. The weather is going to be a quagmire. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to go no, with like the uh, quagmire. Quagmire, yeah, a little word of a day mm-hmm. for you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with uh, Cleveland as far as winning the game, so I think they'll cover the spread. I liked it a lot more when it was six. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's down because I think people are starting to buy in as well because of the weather. As far as uh, in in daily, I'm listen, I'm not playing any steal, uh, any steal or offensive player in daily. There's not, mm-hmm. not an amount that I would do that. As far as your our redraft leagues with Ben, uh, I, I can't see myself starting him. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I would start over Ben this week. It's mainly because it's not really the home road thing. It's the weather. You combine 25, 30-mile-per-hour winds with a, a deluge of rain. I mean, I don't know how uh, successful that can be. I, I'm still starting Antonio Brown, mind you. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not crazy. I can't not, sit, I, I can't not start the man. And I probably have to start Juju Smith-Schuster, although uh, in the one league I have him, I'm going to take a much closer look to see if I have somebody I like. But I, I believe my backups are like Garcon, and once again, you're up against Minnesota. That's no better. So I'm probably going to stick with Smith-Schuster. But as far as Ben, I mean, obviously all the normal quarterbacks I'm starting uh, above him, you know, the top ten guys. Garoppolo, all right, I'll probably stick with Ben there. It's, it's terrible for both. I'll start Mahomes over him. I'll start Rivers over him. Alex Smith over mm-hmm. him. Jared Goff over him. Mariota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trubisky. These are all guys uh, easily, by the way. And it's not, like I said, it's not Ben. It's not the home road thing. And it's the weather tomorrow. Now, once right. again, there's a reason we watch the pregame shows tomorrow. Let's make sure the weather is as bad as they say it's going to be. Right. You know, and also, we tune in tomorrow. It's 75 and sunny. You know, we <laughs> never know this, but they're calling for 100% rain tomorrow. They're generally not that far off. But like I said, those are a whole list of quarterbacks I would start above. Uh, but, but plus, I said the earlier ones, Dalton, Flacco, both go above them. Just love the matchups. I would mm-hmm. not start Bortles above them. I don't really trust that. I would not start Dak Prescott above them. So I'm not, or Eli, I wouldn't start Eli Manning above them. Yeah, Case Keenum, I know. Uh, I like him. I like him. Uh, yeah, I, like, I have to like him as well. Plus, the Seattle Seahawks just lost the corners. They're starting cornerback, Johnson. He's out of the season. Mm-hmm. They put him on IR. Uh, well, he may be all you to return. I don't, didn't see that. But he, they placed him on IR, so he's at at least half the season. And this is a late inactive. I don't know. They're going to they're they're be in some trouble. I know Earl Thomas showed up to camp. He blinked first. But how, what kind of shape is he going to be in to play week one? That's secondary mm-hmm. for Seattle. Literally, I mean, if someone's just lighting a match and torching everybody, that's, that secondary is going to get lit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody go hold uh, the King's hand because uh, it's going to be a tough season for the, the Seahawks. Uh, but uh, you mentioned you wouldn't start any Steelers uh, in DFS. Uh, I guess that includes Antonio Brown, right? That that weather just really has you rattled. Yeah, no way. No way am I starting mm-hmm. Antonio Brown in DFS. Mm-hmm. I'll start in right. redraft cause, because I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm a you know, start-your-studs guy. You, know, mm-hmm. you draft him mm-hmm. in round one. You know, you're happy. It's just unfortunate. I think tomorrow's going to give to a rough start. But he'll catch a few balls. You know, and mm-hmm. once again, if, it, if the weather's not if it's not a deluge, when it rains, if Ben can throw the one, he's a big guy, big hands, he should be able to. The advantage goes to the receiver. He knows where he's going. Right. I just don't think it's going to be a, a shootout tomorrow. I think it's going to be tough sledding here. And I think they're also going to want to make a uh, make a winner out of uh, James Conner, sort of make a statement to Le'Veon Bell that we can right. do this with or without you. That wouldn't surprise me either. Screw you, Creepo. We don't need you. 
<laughs> and you, and you got you got to take the uh, I would imagine you're going to take the under in this game, right? Uh, Forty six and a half because of the weather and whatnot. And and uh, last uh, I think it was four games between these two teams have been decided by four points or less. So I'll I'll take the under uh, and I'm going to take the Browns to cover. And you know what? They could win. You never know. Yep, I think I, I definitely got the Browns covering and the under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like as well. Although once again, bad weather could be easy turnovers, which, which lead to easy scores. You know, ball mm-hmm. squirts out all the time, fumbles. So uh, sometimes the weather doesn't necessarily mean a low-scoring game as far as uh, that's concerned. But uh, it's a game I'll be watching because, hey, I love bad weather games. There you go. I, I love games played in the snow. Uh, but that that's coming in a month or two. When we come back, we'll talk Vikings 49ers. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. <laughs> Come on, no, George. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, you! I don't think you know the story here. I, I do know this. I know it very. I actually like this tune. And Sean this knows that also, by the way. Mm-hmm. I did this on. Uh, I sang the song on one of Corey's show with Corey, probably Football Frenzy. And Corey had the greatest line ever. His line was: uh, "Any rap song that George knows the words to and can sing should never be played again." <laughs> so uh, kudos to Corey. It was uh, it was a very good line, probably very true as well. But yeah, I, I like the tune. I, I know the tune. I can't think of the name. Is it Bust the Move, or is that like? In the chorus, that is busted. Yeah, that, that's what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, I guess uh, for all the fellas try to do. There you go. To, yeah, that's a good tune. Go that's George. Go George. Yeah, Believe me, nobody wants stuff. to hear this. Well, I think we could uh, do another couple hours of this. Go ahead. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm sure I be real thrilled. Uh, George rapping from 145 till 215. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, move forward. Uh, <laughs> Vikings 49ers uh Vikings six and a half point favorite over the 49ers this uh, had uh, opened up as a five point spread uh 46 is the over under uh 49ers four and one against the spread in the last five road games and uh in their last five games as an underdog as well uh Minnesota's uh, won five of the past seven games between these two teams Minnesota uh, has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Don't don't they, George? I mean, they're, they're a really good team. They got the good defense. They got the good running game. They got uh, great you know, pass catching uh, wide receivers. Nice tight end. Uh, we're gonna finally see Kirk Cousins. Uh, see what the move means for his career. Uh, three straight years of four thousand passing yards and twenty five passing touchdowns for him. Uh, now the the question is, uh, Dalvin Cook whether or not he's going to be on a pitch count or not. I mean, in my opinion, look, you know, the Vikings are up uh, big time on this game uh, by the middle of the third quarter. Maybe they might uh, say, hey, you know, you've done enough. Thank you. And here's Latavius Murray for you. Does that concern you in terms of uh, using Dalvin Cook? I mean, I I think where you drafted him in season-long leagues, you're going to need to use him, though. Yeah, that exact situation you, you, you just described does concern me, yes. That, uh, you know, this could be a game where we heard Mike Zimmer say it a few weeks ago that he wants to take it easy with Dalvin Cook. Break him mm-hmm. into the season. And I, I get that. Coming up with 20 ACL, I, I completely get that. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook, he's obviously is the guy you want. And you're starting him tomorrow. So no matter what mm-hmm. you start, unless you, unless you have a hell of a running back core where you could sit Dalvin Cook, I can't see you sitting him. But that being said, I, don't, I think you don't panic. If he only gets 12 carries, don't panic. Okay, he, It'll get there. But maybe mm-hmm. the month of September is going to be a little disappointing, especially in games where they're winning handily. Now, we, we, we always hear stuff from coaches, Joe, you know, in preseason, oh, we're going to take it easy with this guy's workload. That's all fine and good. They all, they, a lot of them say that until the games count. 
Mm-hmm. You know, then even when they, they should be sitting a guy, <laughs> he's, they're still playing him. And we see this right. all the time. We, all, we, we, we bitch about it on Twitter, whatever, all the time. Why are they still playing him? Why is he still in there? What's going on here? The game's out of hand, and they're still playing him. So what they say and what they do are, uh, are different things. So I don't know if I'm all that worried about Cook, but yes, the situation that you brought up is in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And uh, Alfred Morris uh, in as the RB1. Uh, last week, uh, the uh, 49ers uh, had to pick him up uh, because of the uh, season-ending inj- injury to Jarek McKinnon. Uh, a lot of love went his way. Like I said, 100% of uh, fab dollars for one specific team in the Scotty Fishbowl League uh, went on him. But uh, I think there's too much love going on for him. I mean, this week is going to be a tough week for him to start off with. But even when he was the primary back for the uh, team from Washington, I mean, he was a guy that you draft, but you know, I kind of looked at him as maybe as a high-end uh, RB2 in his prime. That's my opinion. But uh, do you think too much is being made about, you know, the? I think he had 4.8 yards per carry for the Cowboys last season? I mean, people like him. He's on San Fran, a good offense. All right, Breda is uh, – now, Breda's a starter this week, which I don't think it matters, by the way. I don't want to start him either this week, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to start Morris if he was starting. So if I'm a Morris owner, I'm not upset about this. Morris will be the starting back there. Uh, mm-hmm. he, Morris admitted – he doesn't know the entire playbook yet. So it's just going to take him a little bit of time, even though he's worked with uh, Shanahan before. Morris went, and like I said, most uh, leagues, and I, I was heavy in fab this week in all leagues, you know, because I needed running back help. I, I, everybody knows I had Darius guys in three quarters of my league. Everywhere. I heard, right? I, <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it's just, oh. Didn't have McKinnon anywhere, though, so I guess it breaks out even. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, but I had to go uh, heavy on fab, so I was curious to see how much he was going to go. And Morris, uh, he killed, he crushed Peterson. Everybody wanted Morris. He was going for three times as much as Morris was, as uh, yes. AP yep. was. So everybody mm-hmm. wanted Morris, not so much on AP. And I, I agree with that. I would have wanted Morris as well. Uh, the question is, when's he going to start? Week two, week three? You know, you may have to play a, long, a longer. I don't think it's a long game, but a longer game here. And if you own Matt Breida, mm-hmm. I think his value at at the very worst does just doesn't change. It is what it was even when McKinnon was there. And I, I right. think it it, uh, it enhances some. You know, I think he'll get more carries now than he would have, but he's mainly the pass catcher. That's something Morris does not do well at all is catch balls. Not very good at that. So right. that'll be Brady's job. Morris will be the goal line guy, more of a 20s guy. So I think there's enough room for both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm a, an owner of a Marquise Goodwin or Pierre Garçon, uh, if I have better options, uh, I'm, I'm sitting them. Vikings uh, gave up the third fewest touchdowns to wide receivers last season. So what are we thinking in terms of uh, the spread here? I, I'm thinking that the Vikings do cover. I think it could be like maybe a 24-10 game, uh, which would, uh, you know, be, I would take the under because the over-under is 46. But uh, I think the Vikings do cover. At playing in that dome is so difficult. You know, and Minnesota is a legit team. This is a legit good team. We're not just talking, oh, they're a home team. That's why they're uh, going to be so good. No, they are legitimately a Super Bowl contending team here. Uh, they're minus six on my bookie. They're minus six and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning that way as, as well with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think I'll take the home team here in that dome game one of the season here. I'm a little worried about Kirk Cousins. He got up to a slow start in preseason, so it could take him a bit, and I wonder if that keeps the game closer than it should be. This game in some ways, Joe, does remind me of a game where – we always know that Minnesota is going to win. They're in control of the game, but the score doesn't quite indicate that. Right. You know right. what I mean? Where it's one of those, mm-hmm. the final ends up being something like 24-13, but it was 17 th- or 20-13 to 13 late. They kicked the late field goal, whatever, maybe 23-13 final. You know, it was always within one score, but Minnesota was always in control. So that's what it reminds me of there. Uh, so if I, uh, I, I'm not, I have my games I'm taking. This is not one of them. But if I had to, I would go with Minnesota as well. Mm-hmm. And I also like the under. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a little later in the show, uh, George and I are going to share a couple of uh, the teams that we think that uh, are good bets for uh, Survivor Contest. Uh, and I want to remind that Fantasy Factors free entry, $1 million NFL Survivor Contest is now open. Sign up today and play for a chance at $1 million. That's right. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. So let's move on. Uh, look at the uh, Colts versus the Bengals. You got uh, am, am I looking at this right? Am, are my notes right? The Colts are a, a favorite in this game. Colts, well, it is at home. Well, I'm looking up the game now on my bookie. 
Colts, Bengals. Colts yeah. Is... Colts three over the I, Bengals. I got two right. and a half, but yes. At their home, right. most home teams are always. You have to be a really yeah, bad but this home is the Colts. Team not to be a favorite. <laughs> yeah, the Bengals. It's yeah, the Bengals. Well, right. And Andrew Luck is back, right? Yeah, and that's also. I mean, we just, we discussed this earlier uh, on with uh, Dan Stratford. People get all upset about stuff like this. Oh, how can the Colts be favored? The, the, Vegas is not saying who they think is going to win a game. They're not. They never are with their, uh, with their lines. They're trying to get the line exactly right so half the money comes on one side, half the money comes on the other side. That's mm-hmm. all they're doing. And now a lot of money is going on Andrew Luck, so they have to make, build that line up so people start betting on Cincinnati. That's all they're doing. Mm-hmm. People get all upset when the Cowboys are favored in most games. Well, they're favored in most games because you know, a lot of the countries are, uh, are Cowboy fans. So there's a lot of money going on Dallas, and they have to, mm-hmm. they have to offset that by making sure they get money on the other side as well. That's all that is. You know, Dan brought up this morning that I think uh, Vegas has Dallas as it was either 46% or 48% to make the playoffs. Yes, that's incredibly high. I don't I believe agree. that. Uh, I'm not a homer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Dallas. I don't think Dallas comes close to making the playoffs this year. But I I know why the line is so high because once again we're filled with Cowboy fans, and the Cowboy fans are betting on Dallas to make the playoffs. You know, I get it. That's just the way it works. You know, so I don't know. I never understand why people get all bent up out of shape. because they're Not because they're betting. I get it if you're betting and you want the line to change. But if you're not betting, why do you even care? Mm. I don't care. You know, the Cowboys, oh, Cowboys are not favored. It's a big deal. It means nothing to me unless, I'm, unless I have money on the game. I don't care right. that my That's favorite right. team is not favored to beat someone else's favorite team. Mm. Well, uh, this is expected according to... Uh, uh, Vegas to be a high-scoring game. I, I showed the over/under 48 and a half. So Colts three over the Bengals. Colts are home. Uh, first time Andrew Luck is going to be on the field in a regular season game since the end of the 2016 season. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know uh, how you feel about him, but uh, supposedly he didn't have uh, the arm strength that he's shown in the past. But hey, that's to be expected. It, it, I'm sure it'll come in time. One of the grittiest players when he's on the field. The just. The problem I have with him is that other than T.Y. Hilton, uh, I'm not in love with any of his uh, pass-catching, uh, you know, receiving uh, options there. I mean, you know, they added uh, tight end Eric Ebron. Jack Doyle uh, caught a ton of passes last year, had a very surprisingly very good year uh, last year. But uh, other than T.Y. Hilton, uh, in terms of wide receivers, uh, we've talked about Ryan Grant being kind of like a blue-collar, uh, decent wide receiver. But I think that's his biggest issue. Uh, luck, that is. Yeah, I agree with you. Agree with everything you just said. Shocked that mm-hmm. uh, Indianapolis didn't upgrade here. You know, that we don't have a better option than, you know, uh, I should say better other options than T.Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. uh, Jack mm-hmm. Doyle as well. You know, those are the only two pass catchers there that have any kind of value. Ryan Grant, mm-hmm. good luck. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. You know, you, you tried to fix the offensive line. It's better, but still poor. But you didn't give him any, any other weapons to throw to. That's going to be an mm-hmm. issue. It's going to be a problem there. Uh Everybody and their mother knows now that he was not throwing the ball into the secondary during preseason. Mm-hmm. So now it's a matter of why. You know, were they just protecting him? That's where I'm sort of leaning to. I think he's fine as far as throwing the ball. I think they're just trying to protect him. But strange, you know, what are they going to unleash him tomorrow and he's going to surprise everybody? I don't really see that happening. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't the offense because when Jacoby Brissett came in there, he's the number two behind Luck. He was throwing the ball into yeah. the secondary. So the plays mm-hmm. are there. They just weren't uh, allowing Luck to do it. I think he'll be fine. Not so much worried about that. But uh, like I said, I just, I just found, the, I found everything about Indianapolis past couple of years just strange. But it's only T.Y. Hilton and, uh, and Jack Doyle you're worried about. The, the running game's a nightmare right now. Uh, yes, Mack yeah. questionable at best. And with the hamstring injury, he's not someone I want to start anyway. Uh, Naheem mm-hmm. Hines, no thank you. He's a very long play. Wilkins. If, you, yeah. if, Joe was, if, if you were forcing me to choose mm-hmm. one, it would, be, it would be Wilkins. But I don't mm-hmm. really want much to do with him either. Hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm liking the Bengals in this uh, this one uh, with the spread. Bengals have gone uh, uh, under the 48-point mark in eight straight games against AFC South opponents uh, back to 2015. But I, I, I think that might change. I think this could be a, a high-scoring game between both because the uh, Colts have a horrible secondary. Uh, so... Uh, they, A.J. Green's in play, obviously, always, uh, maybe Mixon. What do you think about sneaky plays like uh, John Ross? And, and I, I don't know if you call Tyler Eifert a sneaky play, you know, because when he's healthy, he's, you know, a very, very good uh, option at tight end. But uh, John Ross may be a sneaky play against a uh, bad Colts secondary. Yeah, you can't call Eifert a sneaky play. He's a top 12. He's a starting tight end. So right. uh, he's the guy, once again, if you draft him, he's, he's healthy, you're playing him. 
It's, it's that mm-hmm. simple. Uh, and he's healthy. It's, it's, you're not going to get a better matchup. And Dalton loves to throw to him in the end zone. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a good, uh, good play tomorrow. Absolutely. I agree with you mm-hmm. about Ross. My only problem is this. You didn't draft him as your top three wide receiver. Probably not top four. So, I mean, who else are you, who are you not starting? We start three wide receivers, generally, and a flex, mm-hmm. which could be a running back or wide receiver. So, who are you taking out of your lineup? You know, is right. Ro- can you start Ross over Smith-Schuster? Can you start him over Goodwin? No. Yeah. No. I can start him over Goodwin. I can start him over Goodwin. I can see mm-hmm. that. I think, uh, like I, said, I think that San Fran passing game is going to have props. So, I can start him over Goodwin. I can start him over Garcon. Mm-hmm. You know, someone of that ilk. We were going pretty far down here. I'm not uh, – Smith-Schuster – I do have Smith Schuster in one of my home leagues. I haven't really looked yet, and uh, I know Garcon. I have it as an option there, and I'm I'm not gonna start Garcon over him. Same problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I Smith Schuster is going to scare me because of the weather tomorrow. It's gonna be a game time, literally a game time decision. I'm gonna see or watch the game show, pre game show, see what the weather looks like, how bad it actually is, and if it is mm-hmm. awful, and they're calling, they're gonna call for all this wind and all this rain, then I'm probably gonna take Smith Schuster out of my lineup, assuming I like somebody else I have. And right now, I don't know if I will. But I'm going mm-hmm. to check. And I think that's what all fantasy owners should do. Check. Yes. There's no bye mm-hmm. week, so we have full rosters. You know, so that's my problem with Ross, though. You have a full roster. I mean, who are you, who are you taking out there? You know, right. it's going to be tough unless you're going to take out a Garcon, Goodwin type. I could see Smith-Schuster being taken out. I can't. Uh, I, Ross and Sterling Shepard are really the same uh, same tier anyway. But, yes, I would start Ross over Sterling Shepard type if, uh, if mm-hmm. Shepard was going to be in your lineup. I would not start him over Kelvin Benjamin. You know, Buffalo. I know it's Peterman at quarterback, but hey, someone's got to catch the ball in Buffalo. And Jimmy Smith, their number one <laughs> cornerback, is out. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out for, I think, suspended for the first four games. So, therefore, I like Benjamin. Once again, they're going to throw the ball. Someone's got to catch it. I think it'll be there. I would start him over any Dallas receiver. That's easy. Not even close. I would start him over Josh Doxson if you're going down that low. If you think about starting, starting Doxson, Doxson has uh, Patrick Peterson for a lot of that game. No, thank you. But that's about it. You know, I think uh, it's another guy that maybe in DFS will allow you to have uh, well, you know, DFS some, some is a different more story here. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. DFS is mm-hmm. uh, it's fine because you start him, you, you, then you can pay up for DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins. So I have no mm-hmm. no issues with that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So who do you think uh, wins this game? Uh, do you think that the Bengals could uh, cover? I think the Bengals outright win this game. To tell you the truth, I know that the, the I agree. This, this is one of yeah. if I was to have a locks, this would be one of my mm-hmm. locks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think the Bengals are the better team. I don't not great by any means, but I think it's more they're an an okay they're an okay team. Indianapolis is not, and we still have mm-hmm. questions about luck. They have no running game, no defense. Uh, to me, this is pretty easy for the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals on the road here. Yeah, uh, another guy we didn't talk about as we head out to commercial. Giovanni Bernard uh, is he worth anything to you? He is, but not probably probably not as a start here. You know, once again, mm-hmm. you have full rosters here. You should be able to do better than Gio. You should. Mm-hmm. If you're not, then you probably didn't draft all that well. You know, if you have to start Giovanni Bernard, where's your other players here? You don't have a second running back better, better than him? All right, he's a flex play. You don't have a fourth receiver that's better than him? You know, so that, that would be an issue here. But that being said, I think he'll be okay, but I think, you're, you know, your, your upside's limited here. You know, getting mm-hmm. into the end zone will be, you know, few and far between for Gio. Right. Yeah, so we both agree. Bengals cover. I think we both agree that the Bengals are going to win this game. And uh, what about the over on there, that 48-and-a-half, George? I'm thinking uh, it, it, it could eclipse it. Tough, though. Yeah, that is tough. I'm not touching it. Uh, <laughs> if I had to, I think I'd go under. You know, I, I, I worry about Indianapolis. I don't know if they're going to put up as many points as we hope they are. So, if right. I said, if you made me, Joe, I would go under, but I'm not touching it. Gotcha. Okay, when we come back, Ravens, Bills, we got the uh, Saints and Bucks, Patriots, Texans. That's going to be a good one, too. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update, week one in the NFL.